0: Well, I'm going to have to obey God, as I always do. So, Kieran, I have something to say to you. Were you ready? Sure you are. This morning when I was walking around and I go around and I pray over areas of the church, I came up to your chair, laid my hands on it, the Spirit of God tagged me. You are a joint heir with your husband. You're not second in command. You're both in command. Now, what he wants me to say to you is this. Your voice carries a lot of weight in your family. And there are times when you don't believe what you're saying is making a difference. But it is. Your children listen to you even when you don't think. They're listening to you, and those words are going with them everywhere they go, and they're affecting them in a positive light. So this is what he said to say to you, keep speaking. Don't allow, even when you feel you're alone, because your kids recognize the Spirit of God, and though you feel you're alone, the Spirit of God is backing you up. So you speak the things that you know are the Lord in your home, and you trust God to bring it to pass, and, and just trust that it is carrying weight, and uh, and they're listening. So continue to speak. Don't be intimidated. Don't back off. Amen. Is that bear witness with you? Okay, okay. Because I saw that you had a tendency to go, ah. Walk away and not say what you needed to say. Okay. There's times you need to say what you need to say. You may just, everybody in the home may disagree with you. Amen. 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 I'm not talking. Willis is back there ducking under the chair. I'm not talking. You know, a lot of times, like what with Karen's going through right now, is a lot of times the, a female has been taught in our society that somehow she's second. Not true. She co-inhabits a seat. Now, where do we get that idea from? We got it from Adam and Eve, whereas we think that Adam, Eve was second, and she screwed it all up. Well, wait a minute, but Adam was right there. It says she, you know, so a lot of times a female, though they have the spirit of God on them, will will pull back rather than to say what they need to say to their family. But there is a God side of in the female. There is a wisdom in the female. They are actually more in tune to the Holy Ghost than the male in many instances. That's why if you come to prayer, not a lot of men there. Men are out doing it on their own. Women are trusting God. And that was a real good time, Barbara, for you to say amen. And Betty. Is that true, guys? That's true. That's very true. You know, there's times that Lisa said things, and sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't. But I've gone back and prayed about what she said. And there's times that I can tell when it's Lisa talking. And like, ah. And there's times that I can hear it is the Lord. And I'm like, woo, because when he's talking, he'll let me know that it wasn't Lisa. So sometimes she needs to speak. Amen, amen, amen. So hallelujah, God is not anti-female. God made man in his image, male and female, made he them. She's just as much man as male. Thank y'all. Y'all are wonderful to preach to this morning. Come on, come on. In the Cherokee Nation, the women were the head of the nation. And they were the most advanced tribe in the East. Come on, Ton. you say amen anyway. Just go ahead and say, that's the way it should be right there, baby. <laughs> okay, anyway, so Karen, I hope that bore witness with your spirit. And um, go to the book of James, chapter 5, please. Yeah, let's do my prayer. Noisy, isn't it? Why is it noisy? Let me ask you a question. Are airplanes noisy? Trains noisy? Bombs are noisy? Anything with power is noisy. So if the next time you think that we're too noisy, I want you to go down to the first non-noisy church in Apopka and notice how much of God is moving. He ain't. God's a noisy God. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying that noise equals God. I'm saying that God is noisy. Yeah. Just because you're noisy doesn't mean it's God. I found that out as an eight-year-old boy my mother told me to shut up and making too much noise. But anyway, James chapter 5, we're going to talk again this morning about prayer. Why am I doing this train? I say this every Sunday, but I found out that some people are slow. So As as powerful as the train is, as powerful as the engine is, it's going nowhere without tracks. It's not going anywhere without tracks. One of the things that we we have to overcome in our church today, because I'm believing that God is going to turn this church into a praying church. That's my faith. That's where my faith is. You're going to learn to work with God in prayer. Now, now here's the mindset that we have to overcome. One of them is the mindset that we're down here and we're hollering at God up there and trying to talk him in to helping us. That is 100% wrong. God is up there. Trying to get us to work with him in prayer so he can get what he wants done in the earth. God wants you saved, wants you healed, wants you filled, and wants you blessed. God wants that for you more than you want that for you. But his job is to try to get you to cooperate with him. And prayer is not getting a hold of God. It is working with God. That's huge. That takes us out of the denominational. See, why am I preaching this? Why? Listen to what I'm going to say. Many of you have prayed from defeat. God did not answer your prayer and you backed away and stopped praying. Because you couldn't get him to follow you. Thank you. That's not the way it's done. We're going to talk about today the tracks we run on or a man named Elijah. Now, why am I calling that? Because Elijah was a man, only a man. He was not a special person. He didn't have anything that you don't have. As a matter of fact, he had less than you have. And yet, he changed a nation. With prayer. Can, if he can change a nation, can we? If he can change a nation, can you change your life? How about your home? How about your family? How about your city? Yes, 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 and yes. And that's where, that's where our mind, our thinking has got to change. So if I could do anything today, it would be to get you out of the victim mindset that you're down here trying to get a hold of an indifferent God and get him to help you. Come on now. Amen. That's completely wrong. He came here looking for you. You didn't go there looking for him. All right. So having said that, let's go, let's go to James chapter 5, verse 13. Is any among you suffering? Now, I, 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 I want to go to the amplified. I want to go to amplified. Is any... Uh, among you afflicted, ill-treated, and suffering evil, he should do what? Who is going to do your praying when you're in trouble? You are. Now, there is a time you can call, O.R.U. Oh, you? And Benny Hinn and Rick Renner. But it's not as much as, listen, there comes a point where you're going to have to quit relying on someone else's prayers as though they have a more righteous than you. So what is it about prayer that's hindering us? You don't learn prayer in church on Sunday morning listening to me. You learn the dynamics of it, but you learn prayer by praying. And you will never learn anything about prayer aside from spending time with God and praying. Mary Fran came to me one time and she said, you need to pray more than you do. I said, Mary friend, I pray. And boy, she got all over me. She said, now you know what I'm talking about. I said, well, yes, ma'am, I do. See, there's prayer and then there is Getting in the presence of God, getting things done. So it starts off by talking about prayer. And and let me read this again. Is any among you afflicted? And say anything about coming to Monday night prayer and trying to get everybody to do your praying for you. Why is that? Because nobody is as interested in you as you. Now, if you don't learn to pray, Nothing is getting done. Thank you, boy. I'm just going to stop right now. I have another book. We're we're not getting out of here until I'm done. So you might as well just just relax. There's a there's a page in this book I read over and over and over and over, and it's, it's just absolutely fantastic. Couple of paragraphs here by E.W. Kenyon. Every one of us has a place in the prayer life. God has no unused members. There is not a useless member in the physical body, neither is there a spiritual body of Christ. God has planned with divine wisdom the body of Christ, and the moment you're born in that body, you've got a place to function. If anyone thinks that because of a lack of training or a lack of this or that, he has no place, he's been deluded. You have a place. With that place comes responsibility, and with responsibility comes a reward or a demerit. If you do not take your place in the family of God, in the church, and begin to function, the body of Christ is weakened because of it. Now, I'm saying this not not to chide us. I'm going to say things today where you and I are going to go, I'm missing it. Let's move on. It's not a matter of, of, of of a beating. It's a matter of making a correction. All of us can do some work on our prayer life. All of us have, have had times when we didn't pray over our kids or family and stuff as we should have. So that's, that's why I'm preaching this because God knows this. It's not to show us we've missed it. It's to show us what to do from here on. Okay. There are things happening in your family that would never have happened had you gone to God. Now, we're going to go to, I'm going to get into the you go to God in a little while. We're going to talk about how to pray to where it's effective. Amen? Amen. So we'll get into that in a minute. Um, some people got the idea that to criticize others is their, is, is their job. Well, that's the Holy Ghost job. Your business is to find your place and fill it. Until you do, you will pay the price. You want to know, my brother and sister, the price you pay for staying out of the will of God is expensive. Say it cost no it's more it costs you more to be out of the will of God than in it. you pay it in sickness, loss of money or unhappiness with your loved ones. You cannot be protected the cared for as long as you're standing outside of God's will. Get in your place and take it. give yourself to meditation, pray and study of the word. Life will not mean much outside of the will of God. now I'm going to jump down. There are people who will be lost. Unless you take your place. That is a very heavy, heavy statement. Somehow or another we have been rocked into the idea that God has it all in control. You learn that lie in your last church. Because if God is running everything, why in the world do I need to do anything? Well, there are people that will be in hell. If you do not pray for them, Amen. Amen. God has never drawn one man or woman. Someone wasn't praying. And the people around you are your responsibility. Amen. Amen. That's heavy. That's a heavy statement. That's kind of like one of those whoa. But it is true. Okay, let's move along. Let's move along. Do you realize there are men and women who are defeated and breaking down in their businesses, their home, and their spiritual life because we haven't prayed? Let me change the way I said that because you haven't prayed. Now, I, I'm going to say this because all of us need grace. There are times I stop and I look at my daughters, I look at my sons, I look at my family, I look at this church, and I get on my face and go, God, forgive me. I've allowed stuff to happen in people's lives because I didn't pray. Okay, thank you. Listen, I know that y'all aren't Catholics. But I've just had to back up and go, Heavenly Father, please forgive me for that. Your prayer time is your most valuable time during the day. If God isn't moving, everything else you're doing is a waste of time. It's a waste of time. You say, I didn't have time to pray. You didn't have time not to. Okay. Now, we're not going to live in condemnation. We're just going to say, ouch, amen, oh me, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You have been occupied with pleasures and your dreams and men and women staggered under the burden you should have carried or, or breaking down as you read this, do not read it simply to awaken you for the moment, but let let prayer become like eating or your business at home. If you're the wife or a mother and you live at home, there are certain duties you perform every day. your greatest duty you'll ever perform for your family is your prayer duty. Now listen to what he says here. It may be that it's no longer a privilege. you threw that privilege away and ignored it. Now it's a stern duty. We'll say, Well, I feel under pressure. Well, you are. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yep, right. Amen. So so let me finish this. Do it for the sake of your family, for the boys and the girls, for the sake of your home and church, and God will honor you. Children are growing up in Christian homes without the restraining power of God over their lives. The reason is apparent. Mothers and fathers have failed in their responsibility in the prayer life. Now, just as you're you're all quiet sitting here in complete condemnation or conviction. (laughs) This is a wake up for you and I to stop and go, starting today, I'm going to learn and take the time to pray. And I'm going to get into how to do that in a moment. And it's a lot more enjoyable than you ever thought. But I'm going to show you how to get over the prayer failures to where you can see God moving in your home and family. And you'll see him moving. You'll see him changing stuff. Okay? Are y'all ready for that? All right. Go back to the book of James now. Um, I know you wanted me to go back over there. Um, it says, "Anyone sick, let him call for the elders of the church and pray over him, and anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. A prayer of faith to save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. And confess your trespasses one to another. Pray." for one another, pray for one another that you might be healed. So let's, let's stop right here and go down this path for a moment. In our church and this church, churches like this, we believe it's 100% God's will for you to walk in health. But yet a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people never attain to health by using their faith. I'm going to show you one of the reasons for that. What it, there are people around you in the body of Christ that are breaking down and they're sick. God wants you to hook with other people and pray for them that you might be healed. You see, one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ is that we get sick, all focus is on me. You pull into your shell like a turtle, and you spend all of your time praying for yourself, and there's people all around you that are not doing good, but to heck with them until I get my healing, and you've been praying for your healing for year and year after year after year after year after year, and there's people around you going through trouble, and you've never bothered to pray for them. So I'm going to tell you the story of how God taught me this. Story. Uh, when I first got born again, now, now you understand. Poison ivy is a Florida state plant. God knows you can get it just about anywhere. Anyway, Georgia state plant. Let's say Florida, Georgia state plant. Georgia state plant. Georgia state plant. So someone had given me a garden up there with squash and tomatoes and okra. And I was out there in that garden every day. Oh, my God, what a blessing. But I got more than that. I got poison ivy all over me from the head to my toes. See, if you've never had poison ivy and you've had it everywhere, you don't know how Job really felt. (laughs) You know, there's only so much calamine you can pour on you. Just start (laughs) pouring it on your head and just let you just become pink, you know. And so I got poison ivy under my arms and, all, and around my neck and never mind, just to the toes. Just got poison ivy everywhere. And once you scratch it and then you scratch something else, you, you're just transferring it everywhere until you're walking around like this. And, and so I'm in my bedroom and I went in and I'm living in a mobile home with an air conditioner in the living room, which only cools three feet out. That's called poverty. And I'm in my bedroom, laying in the bed, and I'm reading the book of Job. I know you don't believe that. But I felt a certain amount of comfort in being in bed with someone else as bad as I was. (laughs) And I said I'm praying, but I'm not. I'm whining, I'm complaining, I'm griping. And I'm going, oh, God, just have mercy on my soul. I mean, I'm just a mess. Now, all of a sudden, in my living room... The next door neighbor came into the my house, knocked on the door, and brought their baby over, and this child is screaming bloody murder. You know what I mean. That's a Georgia colloquial also. You don't put that in the book either, do you, Barbara? So because they don't know what that means. So I'm laying in the bed feeling sorry for myself and now I got a screaming brat in my kitchen and I'm going to get up and give her the look. Now you know what I'm talking about. You ladies know what I'm talking about. It's when you look at someone a certain way and they understand they're not supposed to be here. So I get up from my bed, I go into my living room and kitchen, dining room area to see why this woman has brought this screaming brat to my house to interrupt me in the middle of my pity party. Now y'all get this, God is a merciful God, isn't he? All right, so when I walked into the, when I walked in the living room, I looked at the baby, the baby has its fist balled up in its hands and it's. Doing this, and 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 I mean, his fingernails was cutting its own skin, and the Lord said, "Colic," and I went, "Oh my God, that baby is doubled over in pain, like ah!" Oh. And the lady came and said, "Would you pray for my baby?" Now, y'all need to understand something. I have not always been bold. That is a gift that God gave me after a while, but I didn't start off with it. There was a time that I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't share Jesus. I, did, I, I just was quiet, just very quiet with people. And, and I, I never prayed for anybody before in my whole life. I don't know how to pray for a baby. She said, I heard y'all were Christians and I heard you talking about the Lord and I just want to know if you'd pray for my baby. And I bowed my head. I said, God, get her out of here. I said I, don't, I said, I said, I said, if, if you're going to need to pray for this baby, you've got to get her out of here because I'm not praying in front of her. Just just shy, I'm shy. She hands me the baby in my hand. And she said, Oh my God, I left my stove on it. Bam, out the door she went. Look, I got that baby in my hand, screaming. And, and, I, and I just said, Jesus. And it fell asleep. Well, see, I was just a baby Christian. I didn't know what falling out of power is. I didn't know what it was. Out of my belly, I felt the life of God come out of me, go down my arms, and bam, hit that baby. And that baby was instantly healed in my hands. And I'm, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm freaking out myself. Now, you understand, I'm still a hippie, still got a beard. I mean, I'm still rough as a cob, but I'm born again. I got more in me than I know what I got. I mean, I, you know, and God knows what I had. So I'm standing there holding this baby and, and I thought it fell asleep. I thought, oh, it fell asleep. I fell out in the power, but I didn't know what falling out of power was. And then she comes running back in the house, looking at me and she goes, oh, I knew you'd do it. And I'd her the baby and I walked away. I mean, I'm more shocked than she is. I mean, I'm just like. And I turned around and walked down the hall to go back to Job. And God said, now you. Power of God hit me in the top of my head and God totally healed my body. And I, I said something stupid. I said, what took you so long? I did, I did. I've learned a little etiquette since then. And the Lord said, As long as you were in there feeling sorry for yourself, I couldn't. He said, I had to get you to get your eyes and your mind off yourself and to take the life in you and put it in that baby and get it out of you. I only filled you back up with what you gave away. See, that life has to flow. And as long as all you think about is you, you're not getting anything from God. Sometimes when you're going through a problem, the best thing to do is find somebody with a problem and help them. And you'll find yourself saying things to them that you needed to hear. And you're going, that was good. That was, boy, I needed to hear that. (laughs) So he makes this statement here. He says, Pray for one another that you might be healed. Church is a wonderful place. My hand, my feet need my hand. My hands need my feet. My feet need my eyes and my eyes need my ears. You, you were never designed by God to live on this planet by yourself. You are alone, inadequate to make it. And he made it that way. He made it so you are dependent on one another. That's why it says call for the elders of the church to have them anoint with oil. But a lot of times whenever you're going through a trial, one of the best things you can do is to find the people around you in this church that need things. So I'm going to speak to the, adult, the, the, the seniors for a moment. If you come to me and say no one called me, I'm going to hand you a list of phone numbers. Why are you whining that no one called you? Do you have a phone? Then why don't you do unto others as you'd have them do to you? Why don't you make a phone call? All right, while we're on the subject, if you own a car, why don't you pick up somebody in the church that doesn't? Well, I didn't have enough gas. Well, maybe they would help you with the gas. Come on, y'all, don't shout me down. This is what community is all about. God placed you in a community of believers for a reason. I haven't even gotten into the first stage of my sermon yet. I really have not. I'm I'm being serious. I'm looking at my nose to see where in the world I am. Verse 16, confess your trespasses one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, I want to read this in the Amplified. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. The heartfelt, continued prayer. Now now you understand something we're not talking here about the prayer of faith. We're talking about the prayer of supplication. We're talking about a prayer where you are working with God. So let me let me stop right here and and qualify a statement. In our Sunday night prayer meetings, there are times we get together and people pray out loud. What, there's a reason for that. Number 1, I can't get an agreement with you if I can't hear you pray. You're wanting to come pray with a group. Don't sit there and say, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake. This is not your private prayer time. This is a corporate prayer meeting. And, and the Bible says in the book of Acts, they lifted their voice you say, why is that important? Because anything with power is going to make noise. I'm not saying that making noise produces power, but I'm saying power produces noise. Now, it says the earnest heartfelt. This is not the prayer, whatever you desire, you pray, you believe, you receive, you have it, that you're praying for yourself. This is where you're praying for the government. This is where you're praying for your grandchildren or your children. This is where you're praying for someone else who has a will, but you're wanting God to get involved in that mess. And now, now we're talking about a different brand of praying, totally different. All right. Now, uh, let, let me just, let me qualify a statement here. When Jesus, um, go, go, just pop Colossians 4.12 up there on the screen. When Jesus was at Lazarus' tomb, the Bible says he groaned within himself. Why is he groaning at Lazarus' tomb? He's producing power. Why? Ask God. I have no idea why it is that there are times you're praying and there are no words coming out. You're just finally, and I've experienced it. All of us in this room have experienced it. Now look at this one. Epaphras. Who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayer that you may stand perfect and complete in all of the will of God. Listen to me. Without prayer, you will never grow up. Without prayer, your children will never mature in the Lord. Without prayer, your home will never go where God wants to take it because you have never laid the track out for God to move in their life and take them from babyhood to adulthood and 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They're sitting in church, they're 25 years of age and they're just as carnal as the world. And you're sitting there going, oh, what, uh, I told him, I told him. This is not preaching. This is prayer. This is where mommy and daddy need to stop talking and go talk to God. Because that person, that child, that young adult needs to be surrounded. They're not, getting the, they're not resisting the devil. You're going to deal with that devil. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you're going to do it for them. Epaphras was doing for them what they should have been doing for themselves. But they'd have never matured to the part where they would know how to pray had he not prayed. This is the reason I changed up the services here. We're at 9 o'clock, we get in here and pray. If you come in and want to talk, we're not talking. You talk in the parking lot, Talking to the you get in here, pray. From 9 to 9, 9.30, we're in here praying. And then after that, at, at, at nine uh, forty-five, Barbara comes up. 9 to 9.30, we're praying. And then 10.20. 10, 10.20, 10, 10, 20. something like that. 10: okay, 10.20. Barbara comes up and leads us all in prayer because I want to create an atmosphere in here for God to move and we need to lay some track. I want the Holy Ghost talking to you right now. I know you want to hear me, but I want you to hear him. I want you to walk out and go, boy, the Lord showed me something today. that. I mean, my God it said there. Whoa, I got it. I don't know what God. I mean, the Holy Ghost was all over me. You say, well, we, I want miracles. I want to see people get up. I want eye blind eyes. Oh, I want to see you grow up. That would be a miracle. And I found out something. Listen, just, 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 just hold on right now. <laughs> people who don't pray in tongues, never grow up. You're born again, you love the Lord, you, you, you get saved and you die, and you die a baby Christian, and I'm talking about even preachers, and they're not bad, they're just ignorant. They don't know any better, they don't know any better. Without you spending time praying, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has this ability to take you where you can't get by yourself. And you can't say, well, I tried that. You don't try God. Now, let's, let's look around this room. Let's, let's talk about some young people in this room. Where's Megan? Where's Megan? Look at Megan back there. Megan is a fireball, and she's got more brains in her head than some people 80. But I'm going to tell you why she won praying, girl. Now, let's talk about my son who just, the Awesome. You say, "Well, he's like that because he's called." Hit it. No, that's not true. That's not true. I remember when Justin and Jordan and Josh Brown worked at Pentair; they ministered to adults because at twenty he had more sense than any man he worked with, and he didn't get it just because he's around me. Probably got a lot of it because he's around me, or Mama. But I'm gonna tell you what it was. On there, while they were growing up in our house. We prayed in tongues a lot. Matter of fact, I got to tell you a story. What grade was it that Jordan was in? Kindergarten. Kindergarten Kindergarten in in Hampton-Deboe, they go through the Bible, and they're in Acts 2, where there's a teacher that doesn't know anything about Acts 2. (laughs) And they're reading, and she's reading Acts 2, and then Jordan says, I know about that. She said, okay, Jordan. And he stands up. And starts praying in tongues in the the midst of a Presbyterian woman and a bunch of people who don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. And he's running around praying in the Holy Ghost. She goes, oh, that's cute, Jordan. That's cute. That's cute. But where did he learn that? He learned that at home because daddy prays in tongues. Mama prays in tongues. If you walk in our house, you think that's the language. I mean, you just think that's normal. So Jordan left one day, and went to high school, and he came home with a revelation. He said, Mom and Dad, are you aware that not everybody's like us? I said, yeah, we have noticed that, son. He goes, yeah, we are like very different than everyone else on the planet. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. All right, boy, all right, let's go. First Kings 17. Now listen, I'm not getting out of here until I'm done, so you better pray I get done. We're going to talk about the prophet. It says it says in James, Elijah, a man. A man. A normal everyday man, just like you. No different than you. Didn't have some special ability didn't have, he's, he's an Old Testament prophet, which means he doesn't even have the new birth. He's never been made the righteousness of God. He's not filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking tongues. He's operating as a man under the old covenant, just a normal man. But yet, look what he did. And I'm going to show you how he did what he did. This is where it gets good. So y'all, y'all shout good or I want to preach another hour. Seventeen one, Elijah the Tishbite, how would you like to have that name? Glory to God. Morgan sounds good, doesn't it, Lisa? Elijah the Tishbite, Lisa Tishbite, of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel is before whom I stand, there will not be dew or rain these years except at my word. Oh, my God, he said it ain't raining. Now, you might think, well, that's some power. Well, it is, but where did he get it? You say, well, God, well, wait, 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 wait. We all have God. So let's just go on. Verse 2, and the word of the Lord came to him. What I'm going to show you right now is Elijah never prayed a prayer that he didn't already have direction from God. Now listen to what I'm about to say to you. When the Lord said, buy this property, I had a word. I still prayed. I prayed over the bank. I prayed over you. But the Lord said, buy it. So I went into it knowing that God would answer that prayer. But I still had to pray, though I had a word. Is the light bulb coming on. I'm not operating independently of God. I want to buy that piece of land. God help me. No, I prayed until I knew. I spent time with God until I knew what he wanted me to do. Are y'all, okay, okay. Now see, I'm trying to get you to understand you're either working with God or you're working alone. If you're working alone, that's where your prayer failures are coming from. Amen. No more prayer failures. Yes. Say no more prayer failures. Okay. So verse 3, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into Jordan, not to Wekiva, not by the brook Cherith. And it will be that I that that you'll drink from the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now, God is in this, and he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He did according to the word of the Lord. Verse 8, and the word of the Lord came and said, Go to Zarephath, which is Sidon, and dwell there. I've commanded a widow woman to provide for you. What is he doing? He's spending time with God. Now, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You've got to spend enough time in the presence of God. You say, well, I don't hear from God. That's your fault. Like he said this morning in prophecy, you're not, you're not finding what you're not looking for. You and I must understand that prayer is working in conjunction with God to get something done. Anytime God gives you something to do, do you understand that he's going to get behind you? Okay, all right, now that's powerful, guys. All right. And the word of the Lord came to him and says, go to Zarephath and on that. I provided a widow woman. He didn't tell her that. He just told him that. He went there knowing what God was going to do. And he still prayed that God would do what he said. Say, Wow. Well, So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called and said, Please bring me a cup of water, and I may drink. And she was going to get it. He called and said, Please make me a morsel of bread in your hand. She said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not need bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go prepare it for myself, my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said, Don't fear. Go, and as you have said, make a small cake from it and bring it to me, and afterwards some for yourself. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, the ben of flour will not be used up. Now listen to me. He's he's. uh, Last week we talked about being under authority. Once you're under authority and he says go do something, do you believe he's going to give you the ability to do that? You better believe he is. But he can't be going off to Jerusalem because he doesn't like Zarephath. Now, let me stop for a minute because we've lied to our teenagers. We've lied to our children. You choose the college you want to. No. I know your relatives put pressure on you. They don't know. They're they're dumb as rocks. If you want to fail, listen to your in laws. I'm going to back up now and I'm going to go over a story. When I got born again, I went to the Lord and I said, What do you want me to do? Long story short, I want you to go to Tulsa. Now, the moment he said, Go to Broken Era, I started praying for money. But I'm praying after I have a word. You're going to Tulsa. You're going to, bro. You're going to Bible school. Then I'm starting to stand on the word and pray for the money to go. I have no doubt he will answer my prayer, but I'm praying. I'm not sitting there waiting on God to do it. He's still requiring me to ask him. Amen. And then I said, How? So I had $500, and he said, One day, your mama doesn't have a car. And I said, I said, I need the money for Raymond. He said, Why would you go preach when you don't even obey me? He said, Your mother needs a car, buy her one. Now, see, I'm hearing from the Lord, I'm following the Lord, and I'm praying about the money that I need, but I'm still hearing what He says, and then I'm doing what He says, and I'm praying in line with the Word of God and what He's saying. Now, see, the Bible says, put me in remembrance. You can take the Bible apart from hearing from God and take it to God. And if he wants to argue with you or debate with you, he will. He'll say, I know what that says, but let's talk about it. But he's still obligated to do what he said he'd do. Yes. It's quiet in here. It's okay. I want, you, I want you to say this. I'm learning to pray powerful prayers. The effectual, fervent prayer of a man in right standing with God makes tremendous power. And Elijah was just a man, just a man. See, he's talking to me, he's writing it to you so you'll know if Elijah could start, could change a nation, you can change anything. All right. It is good. Thank you, Justin. Now, 1 Kings 18, 1. It shall come to pass after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year and said, go present yourself to Ahab. I am going to send rain on the earth. What's God going to do? Come on, y'all. I mean, this ain't a Baptist church. What's God, what's he going to do? Send rain on the earth. God wants to send rain on there. He wants to end the drought. And he wants to send rain. Now, Elijah, a man, goes to Mount Carmel. He deals with the people there. And after all of that, he makes a statement to them. He said, everything I did today was based on what he told me to do. In other words, when he's over there calling fire down, he's already had God say, you go build the altar, I'm sending the fire. He's not out building an altar by himself. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. You, we're going to get into Romans 8, 26 in just a minute. You're going to need to get in there and pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, now, Barbara, you got to help me. Betty, you got to help me. There's a point that you're praying out of your head. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help my family. Help my me. Now, now, then there comes a time while you're praying, the Holy Ghost hooks. I mean, hook. And now it's not you praying; it's God praying through you. And I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain that. I mean, it's like you're praying along. Come on, y'all, y'all gotta have a little bit. It's called get in the spirit. And you'll find yourself getting very authoritative. And, 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 and in a Monday night, you come Monday night, if you don't understand how to pray, they might not let you in. Because the things they're going to do under the anointing would scare a Catholic out of their mind. When they're walking around, I will ha and you're going, I went there and they're crazy over there in that church. Amen. That's good. I'm gonna tell you another story. I, are y'all listening to me? I went, in Jesus' name, listen. My sister the Lord spoke to me when Lisa and I got married and we lived over on um, Indian Bluff. And He said, I want you to pray for Nancy. Now you understand, I'm, I'm a little bit bullheaded, <laughs> ever so slightly. I'm in there praying again because I don't have a church, I don't have men, I don't have anything going on with me. And I'm in there praying about what the Lord wants me to do with my life. And the Lord said, Pray for Nancy. And I went, Okay, Heavenly Father, help her. <laughs> And I went back to praying for myself. Finally, we're at Lisa's mother's house, and the Holy Spirit comes on me. Nancy had died and went to hell. I wasn't obeying God. I wasn't praying like I should have. She's about to burn in hell, and God don't want her there. So the Holy Ghost comes on me. And we're talking about groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. We're talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. See, you're not going much anywhere without the Holy Ghost. You can play Christian, but you can't be Christian. You never bear fruit. All of a sudden, I'm beginning to cry. I'm lost. I'm lost. I begin to weep snot beginning to run out of my nose. I mean, I'm just groaning. I'm weeping in the spirit and I'm picking up everything Nancy feels. I've taken her place and I'm crying with my voice for her soul. And I sat in that living room and I wept and I prayed through for her. It's called intercession. Now listen to me. Well, we don't know why the Lord took Nancy. Let me tell you something, you fruitcake. God's not killing people. We are. While I'm praying, the spirit of God's on me going, please don't stop. Please. Don't stop. If you've never interceded, you don't have any idea what it feels like to groan. And and they say it's like having a baby. Well, I've never had a baby, but I've interceded. So if it's anything like it, you groan and then it lightens up. And then you groan. You're birthing someone. You say, why? I don't know. I just know without it, you're not making any power. You're not doing anything. So after, what, about 30 minutes, I don't have any idea how long I was down there. Maybe I began to laugh. You know, you just rejoice. I said, God, who am I praying for? He said, Nancy. He said, call her. I picked up and I called Miami, and Mark said, she's not here. She left. I got a hold of a guy that she'd gone to see. And she was, she said... I died. I said, I know you died. She said, I went down into hell. I said, I know you did. I got her down here, got her born again filled with the Holy Ghost. What if I hadn't what if I hadn't prayed? What if I'm Every time I walk up and look at my sister and I go, oh, Glory to God. I'm glad I but but i just but i just want to know is there anybody else i've missed is anybody else i've missed i want you to look at 1st 1 kings 1836 it came to pass at that time that the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that you are God of Israel and I am your servant and I did all of these things at your word. I did it because you said so. You said so. And I did it because you said so. Now I'm going to show you something else in the Bible right now and I'm going I'm to fix your head. I'm going to fix it. Did God tell him that he sent in rain? Yes. Did, didn't he? Look at verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. And Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went on the top of Carmel, and he bowed to the ground and put his face between his knees. What's he doing? He's praying. I thought God already said. He did. But God can do nothing, lest you ask him. He's going to tell you what he wants to do, and you're going to have to pray it out. America needs prayer. Now, I know that I'm going to say something right here, and some of you may not like this. I like Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not God, but at least he's got the backbone to clean up corruption. If you don't agree with that, then you're uneducated and you are uneducated because you chose to be uneducated. That's your fault. Well, what's happening to him right now? Why are we leaving him alone and letting him fight all these battles? Did God give us this nation This nation needs prayer, but listen to me. We're going to have to take the document called the Constitution, and we're going to take our Bible, and we're going to go to God and go, you said, now you gave us, and this is our nation, and there's not a devil in hell going to take us from this nation. And now we're going to have to go to God and surround that man and and get all of the idiots, not just, they're not all Democrats. There's Republicans in there too. I See, that upsets everybody. You're either Democrat or Republican. Why don't you become a Christian? Amen. And you and I are going to need to pray over this nation. And we're going to get into this when it comes to money. Just because God got you a job, and just because He made you a promise, are you taking the word of God? He said to you before the Lord and praying over your business and over your job. Do you even know how? Are you just letting it go? He gave you children. Are you training them in the way they should go? Are you teaching them right from wrong? Are you covering them in prayer? Are you just turning them loose and letting the world have them? That's good. Yeah. Don't shout me down. That's good. Yeah. Putting them in a college where you know good and well, they're going to turn them away from God. That's right. That's right. And then you're not even praying over. You hope they come home saved. They're not. Amen. They've got eight hours of heathen five days a week and you, Never mind. Maybe you ought to prayed before you sent them. But the world told you that they needed a degree. Well, who told you that? Don't well, shout me down. Glory to God. Come on, y'all, lighten up a little bit. Everybody get happy. A lot of stuff's going on because we've let it. And in this church, we're not going to let it. In a few minutes, I'm going to pray for us together. And what I'm going to do, go to Romans 8 now. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do together with all of us before you leave, I'm going to ask the Lord to start showing you how to help you pray. This is good, isn't it? Now, let me, let me back up here a minute. See, so you come to church thinking, I have a cute sermon. I don't have a cute sermon. Do this or suffer. I'm giving you life. I'm giving you the way out of it. Romans 8. Say amen. Amen. Say, I like that one where we shouted. You shout now. (laughs) Romans 8. Now, something Elijah didn't have. Glory to God. (laughs) Do you ever think about tongues that you are right now praying a language you have never learned supernaturally on command? (laughs) You understand how crazy awesome that is? If you don't use it, just not real bright. Thank you. He gave you a supernatural ability from heaven. Yes. It's like Superman can fly, but yet he's walking. Not smart. Yes. You need to come out of being Clark Kent, you need to hit a phone booth every once in a while. All right, okay, hit the phone. That's what I should have named it. hit the phone booth. All right, Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know. We do not know. We do not know. But he does. You say, how do I pray for Lisa? How do I pray for Justin? How do I pray over this property? How do I pray over it? Holy Spirit, help me right now to pray What I don't know. And don't fight with him. Don't try to turn your tongues into something it is not. If he tells you worship, just worship. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He can get more done in 15 minutes than you can in a year. There's been times I've sat down and I've just, now, 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 I got to tell you another story. And and I'm, and I know that it's 1215, but forget I told you that. Right after I got born again, I'm, I'm in my house. I'm upstairs laying in the bed. Everybody in the house has the croup. Y'all know what the croup is? Everyone's coughing. <laughs> it's hard to sleep with a crouping family. But I'm going to do what I do and pray. Pray. But I wasn't praying. I'll tell you, I was whining. Oh, God. Oh, can you hear Che cry with a croup? Oh, healer. Finally, he had enough of me. He lifted me up in the air and he threw me in the floor. You say, I fell out in the power. I fell out of a bed. And he got mad at me, and he said, get up and go downstairs and pray in the Holy Ghost. All right, now, now, see, I'm still a baby Christian. We're going to talk about baby Christians for a minute. I go downstairs. It's about 3 in the morning. And I have a mental image that the neighbors in the apartment have come downstairs, and they're all leaning on the wall listening to me pray in tongues. The devil's mean and he's just mean. And so I'm downstairs and I'm on the couch and I don't feel like praying in tongues. I know some of y'all have been there. And so I'm like, and he said, I can't hear you. And I feel like a complete idiot <laughs> sitting on a couch, talking a language. I have no idea what I'm saying. But I'm a baby Christian. God has mercy. Somewhere about 10 minutes... Into Shandai, Shandai, tie my bow tie. You know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all ain't never got tie past bow tie. Down on the inside of my belly. And now I don't give a rip what the neighbors are thinking, man. I'm having a prayer meeting. Whoa, glory to God. Jesus is Lord. All of a sudden I listen. Ain't nobody coughing. Ain't nobody sick. I went, and God said, you go to bed now. That's where I learned what I know. Listen to what I'm going to say right now. If it wasn't for me praying in the Holy Ghost, I'd have never made it here today. I'm not talking about just throw some words out and see what happens. I prayed in the Spirit until I knew that God moved to Tulsa. Once I had a word from the Lord, I prayed for the money to go. Once I got out there, I prayed my way through school. And then once I quit, I prayed until the Lord said, go to Orlando. Once he said, go to Orlando, I prayed for him to to show me how to get here. In other words, I'm praying to hear the word, and now I'm praying the word he gave me. Once I got here, you can ask Lisa. I'm working a secular job. Every day when I came home, I went in my bedroom, Josh's bedroom, and I sat down like an Indian, and I prayed in the Holy Ghost. And I prayed my being here out. I don't know how long that went on, a couple months, maybe a little longer. One day I'm in Haiti. Melanie remembers this. And while I'm in Haiti on Laganav, the Lord said, when you get home, take that church. I heard from God but I prayed until I heard from God. One of the biggest travesties that the church is making is you're just doing what you want to and asking Him to bless it. That's true. Now, I'm going to tell you one more story. Lisa will tell you this is the truth. We're in, Lisa and I wake up in the morning, we go in the living room, we have coffee time, and, 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 and we pray in there. And sometimes at night we go in there and we pray together, pray over the church. For about, I don't know, a month or two or longer. It might have been half a year. I prayed, property, 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 property. I prayed that so much, I started feeling like, what property are you talking? I'm thinking, buy property, you know, property in Tennessee, Alaska. You know, your mind, your mind... And then I started praying, money, money, money. Now I'm starting to really feel like a Pentecostal preacher. (laughs) I didn't know that I was praying out the complete payoff of this building. Didn't just happen. But the minute the Lord said, pay the building off, I went, yes, sir. I stepped up here to this pulpit and you guys just paid Bill but God was bringing money to you. And I mean, listen, are y'all listening to me? I'm not up here with. This is not the Daryl show. Well, let's talk about this morning. He says to me, "Teach them to pray. Teach them to pray." That's all I. That's all I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'm going to teach you, but I. I listen. You have to begin. You don't learn to pray right now listening to me. You pray doing it. And, and, and your flesh will fight you. What are you doing? What are you saying? How long are you going to be here? Right, I'm hungry. I want to go to McDonald's. You don't know how carnal you are until you start praying in tongues. And the doorbell will ring and someone will interrupt you. i guarantee you. We say the prayer of a righteous man, say that's me, makes tremendous power available. Stand on your feet. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to pray with me. We're going to pray a very specific prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. In Romans eight twenty six. You said if I don't know how to pray as I ought you would help me Starting now I'm going to pray in the holy ghost and in English until I know that I know that I know what I'm supposed to be doing I will pray over my children I'll pray over my grandchildren I'll pray over my spouse I'll pray over this government But I'm asking you to help me pray. I'm not doing this alone. I'm working with you, God. I'm working with you, God. So I covenant with you. Starting now, I will begin to pray. And use this powerful language and this powerful ability you gave me in Jesus' name and my family will be changed and they will be saved. This nation, it will turn back to God because we are going to work with you and pray it out. Now go ahead. We're a Pentecostal, come on. Many lady, you're charismatic, pray. Right, don't they? Mamle bedoam le cade day donde breadabana. Pable go they vesan daily, broma daily, honey mere, bondy bede, sin the lopatangare de bana. Mambi de la maradondo do benamento colemba, Habri Vicini, Habdedi Sidi, Hab da Sini, Hab da Sini, Hab Dade Sini cable Habde desi tamakote, habde siti kabashini, habe to do machina kunda bedema. Hare de bram nene shene meke, hare meke hare ge besi, habde desi, habde desi, habde desi, habde na kde? Hamne kiri hare hare mika. Hanene han de beci be mo noche mem lampo de vero come chele how day bring dudi beni fenomeno bandomana, lamle, lamne gud de melo de me chune mete porte de me chune mete goda mo mini de bidi de me pomine di bidi no me hebe dure la in the pakala, how de vano shed de bacadelle ha 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 be pray godame cu de bana shone mate shone Son de sondabe son de bay, son de bay. Ha, ha, ha. All right, now look at me right now. Just look at me. Anytime that you do this in a church like this, corporate, there's a bunch of people in here, and my heart goes out to you. I'm not picking on you. This is very new to you. you but whenever Adam fell, he went back to relying on his mind. You don't have enough in your mind. Do you understand that? That's why God gave you the Holy Ghost. If this is new to you, it's not that it's not true because it's new to you. I'm going to read something to you, and I just want you to pay attention because I'm going to help some people. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness, neither can he know them. They're spiritually understood. If God said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power, what he really meant was don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power. It's not a suggestion. You have to figure that maybe God is smarter than you think he is. Now, think for a minute, because I know that you've relied on your knowledge, but what are you going to do about everything happening in your life where you don't even know what's going on? What was I going to do? I didn't even know Nancy had died. How would I know that? Holy Ghost. Listen to me. You are not designed to live on the planet apart from God helping you. Now, if you want to, you're like a person who walks and I drive. I have power. You have none. If you want to walk to the grocery store, by all means, walk to the grocery store. I'm not going to chide you that I see you walking down the street sweating with two bags of groceries because you went to Winn-Dixie and it took you all day to go get milk and butter. And now it's all melted and hot when you get to the house. There is a engine... That if you crank it, it'll take you to the store. But you have to understand, you need to pick up a Bible, pick up a Bible and read it for yourself. This is not a Darylism. This is not your Pentecostal. Most Pentecostals and most Charismatics know very little about what I preached this morning. It is a lost art. Isn't it, Barbara? My sister Nancy said to me when I went to Virginia, she said, one thing I learned in Daryl's church, Barbara and Betty and Jeannie taught me how to pray. And her children, who though Brooke was severely retarded and though Daniel was ADHD, they both made it in life because mama prayed. But if she didn't learn anything here, she learned enough. Your children, more than anything on the planet, teach them to pray. Because they're not going to make it if they don't. Not now, they're not. I'm going to pray for you one more time. Turn this over to Lisa. If you came here today and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues, you need to come up. It's a gift. Come up and receive it. Just obey God and say, I want that. I, I want that in my life. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, as I've, I have preached my heart out, I, I, I have taken everything you gave me today, and I have preached it. Every person, the sound of my voice, you want more for us than we're experiencing. Our families concern us. Mine do. Our children concern us. Our grandchildren concern us. But you said, say less, pray more to Lisa and I. And I'm saying to this group, say less, pray more. Say less, pray more. And I'm commissioning to this church to become a praying church. I want them to understand that as they come in here, you said, I will build my church. It will be a house of prayer. Not a house of listening to someone preach, but literally a house of prayer. And we will have prayer times, even on Sunday mornings. We'll get away from the idea. We're just supposed to sit and listen to someone talk. Sometimes we're going to do some talking to you. Father, I pray that right now, every person in here, lead them and guide them and teach them what you've taught me, what you've taught Lisa, what you've taught Betty May and Barbara and Jeannie and some of the other ladies, what you've taught us about prayer. Teach us. To turn our homes, turn our children back to God. There is nothing you're in the middle of. God cannot turn it. But He needs you to work with Him. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated just for a minute. I'm going to go ahead and ask the altar workers, ministry workers to come on forward. If you're on the team today to pray, hallelujah, Jesus is Lord. As Pastor Morgan said just a minute ago, if you never have received, not, not Jesus on this call, but if you if you'd have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. But, but there is an infilling where he fills you up with himself, with that heavenly hotline to God. That's what I'll say. It's a heavenly hotline. Devil can't crack the code. Nobody can crack the code but him. Amen. That's the beauty of that. You come up. Luke 11 says you as a... As a person, a carnal person that's not perfect, if somebody or your child asked you for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? No. If he asked you for fish because he was hungry, would you give him a snake? No. If he asked for bread, are you going to go out in the yard and get a rock? No, you wouldn't treat your children like that. He said, how much more will the heavenly perfect father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's just waiting for you to ask and just receive it. And immediately, He'll help you. Now, you have to do the speaking. He's not going to take your mouth and shake it. But He'll have a language for you. It'll start to bubble up here. It's not in your head. It's here. It's in your heart. just starts coming up. You just have to yield to it. So if you want that powerful house inside of you to, to pray through things that you just don't know how to pray and get through, that's, it's an amazing miracle gift that God has availed to all his children. And if you're here this morning and you don't even know Jesus is Lord, I don't even know him. You come up. You get born again. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He shed his blood for you. But you don't have to receive him. You can go to hell. He'll let you. Because he doesn't want you to be his robot. He wants you to love him and accept him because you want to. Not because you have to. You want to live forever in flames and torment? You can, but he doesn't want you to. So you have to come up and receive him. Say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord. If you want prayer for any other reason, come on up. We're here for you. We're not running out the door. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.